Hey everyone, it's me Shimon and welcome to episode 19 of yet another tech podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. It's none other than Evan Plas, also known as Evleaks. We'll be discussing about multitude of topics but not restricted to waterfall displays on smartphones, Samsung Galaxy Note 10, future of smartphones and much much more. So, hop along for the ride. This is going to be really really awesome. But wait, you've never tried sleepy all coffee before? I mean, you know it's delicious, right? Okay, I'm not supposed to give my opinion, but their hot and cold brew coffee is pretty good. Still not convinced? Okay, I'll cut you a deal. Visit sleepyall.co and use promo code Shimon to get 10% off on your order. How about that? All right, on to the episode. All right. Although I'm pretty sure like everybody knows about you, but still, for those who don't know, but why don't you introduce yourself? So my name is Evan Blas. Um, also known online uh, by my Twitter handle, which is Evleaks, and that's Evleaks, not Evleaks. I know that often people often make that mistake, and uh, I guess it's because I started this as uh, an anonymous uh, blogger slash tipster, whatever you want to call it. So people didn't associate the fact that my name was Evan, and the you know the feed and the and the name of the Twitter feed was Ev. So. They they assume that it was like WikiLeaks, I guess. I I still don't quite get why why people who see it for the first time think it would be EVLeaks, but but that's how it is. So I like to clear that up. And um, I'm uh, I'm uh, an online reporter, I guess you would call it. Um, I've worked for um, a couple of different publications that people might be aware of, like Engadget and Pocket Now, VentureBeat. And and but mostly for the last seven years or so, I've been uh, I've been running this Twitter feed. That's awesome. So I was about to bring up that point of Evleaks and Evleaks because everyone I know, like almost ninety eight percent of people, call you Evleaks, and I <laughs> and I still don't know how that notion comes apart. Like why is it Ev? But hey, at least you cleared that up. Maybe because people are used to like uh, you know electric vehicles when they see those letters together, um, the WikiLeaks thing. I I I don't get it either. If you if if you're someone who who now knows me as as both Evan and you see uh, a handle of mine with EV something, I mean it it seems kind of obvious to me. But you know I also have a lot of um, a lot of foreign followers, and I think that might be uh, that might play into it as well where. They don't. They don't necessarily see it the way a, a native English speaker might. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty fair point. All right. So, uh, like, considering you leak a lot of devices, what is your daily driver these days? So right now, I'm using the um, OnePlus Seven Pro, and uh, I'm I'm quite pleased with it. I think it's it's a fine device. I've used a few of theirs, and and they keep getting better. Um, so it, it's been really nice. Um, I supposedly have a, uh, a V50 Think on the way. Um, I talked to LG, and um, I was interested in being 5G ready, and um, so so they're being nice enough to to send me one. Um, so I'm kind of anxiously awaiting that. That's sweet because even I'm personally using OnePlus Seven. I didn't opt for OnePlus Seven Pro because of like few things. I didn't like the size; like it's too big. Plus, uh, I particularly don't like curved screens, so I was like, okay, I'll go with the flat one. So I opted for OnePlus Seven. I agree with you there. I'm not a huge fan of 
It was funny because when the curved screens first came out, you know, they were very, uh, they were new and they were different and they looked cool and and they were more expensive. So you know, you were you were kind of envious and and wanted to check it out. But having now had a few curved screen phones, I don't think that there's no there's no functional uh, advantage and there's actually a bit of functional disadvantage because of the um, the what do you call it the um, inadvertent touches. Mm. You know, I think you, know, you have to hold the. I mean, most people have a case on their phones. I don't always use a case on my phone. So when I'm not and I, I'm holding the sides, I don't think that the, um, the unintentional touch rejection has gotten to the level where it, it's good enough to, uh, to, to uh, counteract that. Mm-hmm. I agree. But uh, just for the curved edges, I think like the 90 hertz uh, refresh rate makes up the lack of a flat display. What do you think? Like, are you enjoying the 90 hertz refresh rate? Yeah, I am, and you know, I'll be honest. Like, I don't. I, I wish I could say that I that I that I watched enough video that I you know that I really could tell the difference. But but the truth is, I, I probably can't. Like, for so many years now, I've I've been using smartphones since the screens were like literally. I think the first one I had was like 160 by 160 pixels square, and like in the uh, the Trio 600, I think it was. So mm-hmm. I'm just used to you know from. For so long, you know, they, the screens were really had had a lot to be improved upon, and now they're all, they're all just gorgeous. You know, even the the most budget phone you get is going to have a big, beautiful screen with uh, uh, at least an HD quality display. I don't think there's anything that's below 720p anymore, is there? No, no, no. At least the basic threshold is now 720p. Right. So nice. I mean that's. That that's pretty huge, I think, and you know you always you tend to have a good color gamut uh, at the higher end. You have these OLED screens, so now now the the improvements that we're seeing are much more incremental, and I feel like 90, 90 uh, hertz uh, fits into that category of being a rather it's nice, but it's still a, a somewhat incremental improvement. Hmm, I agree, and since we're talking about screens. Um, did you look at that waterfall display from Oppo, which is like literally 88 degree curve on the edges? Uh, I don't know if I have. Um, it, it was like an exaggerated uh, Note 9 of sorts. It's like it's a rectangular brick kind of shape and the sides are literally the display. The left hand is the right side. I get it. So it it takes the, uh, the, the curved edges and, and curves them even more around the sides is what you're saying? Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, I think I would have even more of a problem with that. I mean, for the first, the first thing is that everyone, everyone uses cases, and especially a phone like that where it's like glass on the sides. Like you absolutely need a case if it's, you know, you're investing your your own, you know, couple hundred or even a thousand dollars in in phones like these. So I haven't seen yet like case solutions that really that allow you to sort of take fullest advantage of of both the aesthetics and the functionality that that something like that would offer. So it, it seems extraneous to me. Um, it's really made more for for how it looks in ads, and you know, than than how it's actually going to work when it's when it's in your possession. <laughs> True, I agree. <laughs> and it's pretty interesting how like all the technology is evolving, and now we have like in-display selfie cameras in in the works, and of course, Oppo is working on it. Even <laughs> they, you know, um, showcase that technology. Do you like? Do you see yourself taking selfies at all, except for like video calls? <laughs> no, I never. I hardly ever. I shouldn't say I never. I find the biggest advantage of the selfie camera in the in the OnePlus 
uh, seven is that uh, is for the you know face unlock. I, I think that's mm-hmm. really convenient. But now I I don't like looking at myself in the mirror. I don't like looking. At my, <laughs> I don't like having pictures taken. I'm just you know the older you get the unless you're you know really vain and, and I don't think I I mean I have a big ego but I'm not I don't think I'm vain and the there's very little uh, uh, desire to, to be, you know, doing video chats. Anything where you're, like, so close to the camera, where it kind of fish-eyes your face a little bit, it's, <laughs> I, I just have no interest in that. I'm, I much prefer, like, our, our, our chat now, which doesn't have a video component to it. All right, so correct me if I'm wrong, but um, the camera, the pop-up selfie camera on OnePlus Pro pops up even if you get a video call, like, even if you don't attend it or decline it. Because I, I really, I get, I'm just like, I'm an, I'm an old person now. Like, m- the people that I talk to, like, aren't making video calls, you know, where we're just, where, I mean, most people who I talk to on the phone, it's still talking on the phone. And then, you know, some people who I talk to on Skype, it's just audio only. Uh, I, I don't have kids. I'm not married. So, I'm not the, I don't really need to, to be communicating in that way with people who want to have that sense of, like, really being there with me. So it's, it's something that's really not applicable to my life for the most part. Uh, I see. So yeah, like, it's like, when it comes to like pop-up cameras, you're done with it. Like, it's fine. At least you get a full screen and you don't have to like pop it up. <laughs> so that's, that's great. I, I do think that you know, the, there is some advantage to the, the under screen and display cameras in that it, there's that means that there's going to be less mechanical parts on the phone to like if you don't want to have a notch right now you have to have some sort of clever way to mechanically uh, either pop up the camera or you know like with the the mix and the um, and the Galaxy A80 they have you know the whole the whole body kind of slides up uh, against the back but um, you know and anytime you have more mechanical more moving parts in a phone there's just more stuff to break so in that regard, it's it's uh, it's again an, an incremental advantage. But for me, there's no there's no real practicality. Uh, I know that you have to have these front uh, facing cameras, but I was just fine before smartphones had them at all. <laughs> True. Like if given a choice, I would still opt for like a normal notch, because you know, if you ask me, the A80 is the most over-engineered solution one could you know come up with a with a solution to just eliminate the notch it, it looks bad <laughs> in my honest opinion it looks pretty bad i was a little bit it was i don't know if you ever saw that video where um where uh where the oneplus uh retractable camera was uh was used to pop open a beer bottle it's it's really yeah i saw that it's difficult to watch <laughs> but it's sort of heartening to know that it that it can stand that kind of abuse and still work afterwards I was kind of like somewhere down like subconsciously I was anticipating that the camera would break but I'm really like happy it didn't break it was really tough to watch yeah I know that's not that's not something that bears repeat viewing that's for sure (laughs) all right so since you were talking about leaks and all what are your thoughts about the latest leaks around note 7 note 7 I was actually recalled uh... sorry oh It's like 11 p.m. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not a night owl like you. So yeah, I was talking about Note 10, not Note 7. Right. Damn. <laughs> I think we should also let the listeners know that this has not been an easy call to schedule because I'm here in the U.S. 
you're over there in India, and the time difference between us is 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 what like ten hours. Close to twelve hours, I guess. Like it's literally polar opposite. So it's like one of us is gonna have to do this like late at night, and before we were trying to do it where it was late at night for me, and that wasn't working. So now we're doing it where it's late at night for you, and and this seems to have been uh, a, a better choice for us. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. So. I think the Note 10's a, a, a hot-looking phone. Um, I, I know that that there's people that that I would say the majority of people even probably prefer the centered selfie cam, but I I don't. I like the look of the offset one. I think there's while I like symmetry in a, in a lot of cases, I think that there's also a beauty in asymmetry uh, sometimes, and so I was a fan of the of the. S10 look more so than um, than I am with the with the Note 10. Although I do like that, you know, it's a lot smaller. It's and they could have just. I've seen people be like, why didn't they just make it a notch? And they really could have because it's situated so close to the top of the display. But it's it's a great looking phone. I'm sure uh, whoever gets it's going to be quite happy with it. I mean, one thing you know is that. You know, especially after that Note 7 debacle, and and now after the the Fold debacle as well, Samsung is really um, there. You 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 kind of always know what you're gonna get more or less with a, a Samsung because you know they're they're really putting a lot of work into these phones. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like they literally push themselves every year. Like I don't know if I'd necessarily want to be the the first one uh, anymore to to buy one. I was I was. Thinking of buying a fold right when it when it was first introduced and wow clear. well I'm talking about like right when they when when they showed it off at you know at the unpacked event and uh, it was before any journalists has gotten their hands on it and it wasn't really clear what all the um, the downsides would be I thought this was like a great move forward and I still think it as a technology it's it's going to eventually become much more prevalent but there's still a lot of kinks to work out. And um, and some of these these kinks in this first generation one just don't seem worth the the investment. Like the the basically, I from what I I can tell is we're we're not too far away from actual glass that that will be able to be um, manipulated, like folded and rolled. And so so these these plastic solutions are sort of going to be um, they're they're not long for this world. Or that you know we're going to look back and. And just you know, wonder about this like brief couple year period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to have like foldables. Uh, and I was like going to segue into this topic of like how would be the future of smartphones? Like we, we see like the bezels were shrinking, then we had the notch. Now we have like hole punch displays. Like what's next? Like do you see yourself using a like rectangular brick of a smartphone in like next five years, or do you think like we will have? something like a variable of sorts and that would be our primary computing device i i anticipate having a foldable within the next five years i would think definitely um I, yeah i can't i i i think as you know we we have this appetite for larger and larger screens um that seems to be one of the almost the 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 things that you can predict each year with with these phones like the like the the S series and the and the notes that that each year the screens are going to get just a little bigger, but they're running out of space to do that. So there has to be there you know there has to be a way to to uh, address that appetite for larger displays uh, 
without expanding the size of the handset anymore. And they really come up to the limits of how much display you can fit into a rectangle without increasing the size of the rectangle. And, and so the logical next step is, is foldables and rollables. And the technology seems to be almost there, not quite there, but it's, I think it's promising. And yeah, I, I definitely, um, don't anticipate to, to have at least like, uh, it might be a rectangle, but it'll be a rectangle that unfolds into an even bigger rectangle. <laughs> so would you like to have like a foldable laptop as well? Like a single device, which can be your phone. And once you unfold it, it becomes a larger device, maybe your tablet or a laptop as well. Yeah, I love, I love the idea. Although, well, let me preface that by saying I, my phone operating system of choice and my tablet operating system of choice are different. So mm-hmm. it's not like you could start with an Android phone and, and unfold it into uh, an iPad. And uh, so I don't know what I, I'll, I mean, Android, you know, they'll, they'll work on it and they'll make it, uh, they'll make it work better for tablets, I think, especially as, as these dual use devices uh, start becoming more prevalent. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I can absolutely see the advantages of and I think everyone who's who's used the fold so far has come to that conclusion. Like, like this is a really like great idea. It's just still kind of like half baked, and they're working out the 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 kinks in the technology. Mm-hmm. And that that's like true for every genuine product. Like you introduce it, you find some flaws, you fix it, reiterate it, and after a couple of generations, you get a better device. Rinse and repeat. Remember the first implementation of curved screens? They didn't even curve both sides of it. It was yeah, Note Edge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. It was a total gimmick, basically. It's like it doesn't. It it was cool at the time, but you know, it didn't. It didn't offer really any additional functionality, and the fact that it was only one side just made it kind of like this weird one-off device. Yeah, it was like interesting times, and now we have like curved displays everywhere. <laughs> Yes, yes, modern times. All right, since we're talking about like new technologies and all, like, do you have any IoT products at home? Like maybe an Echo Dot or a Google Home? No. I'm a, you're like, you're calling me out here now for, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 41 years old and, and it's no excuse because my, even my parents have three, um, three Amazon Echo devices in their house. So, so they're way ahead wow. of me when it comes to like the the connected home. But I live in a small place, you know, a studio apartment. Um, it's I, I don't mind, you know, typing or or, or clicking something when in, instead of talking to it. I feel I feel weird talking out loud to my devices, um, especially <laughs> living alone. It's just it feels strange to me to to to, to do that. So uh, I I like living in silence and. Uh, the same thing is on phones. I don't use the assistant. I don't use um, Siri on on my iPad. I don't use Cortana on my desktop. I just that none of that stuff interests me. And I know that there's there's other people my age who feel the same way. Like, you know, we grew up like pushing buttons and 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 swiping screens, and and that's kind of what we're comfortable with. And and we don't see a lot of use cases. I mean, I know people who work at at Google who who really only use the assistant to like set their alarms or something like there's 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 a, a disconnect i think that you you don't get over unless you're born like digital native 
Like for mm-hmm. for people who are growing for kids now who are growing up and, and have these things in their house and in their phones, like it's just gonna be second nature to be talking to your devices. But for me it's it's really not. Pretty interesting, I must say. Like I have uh, three <laughs> Echo Dots at home and I barely use it. The only use case is like asking for weather and maybe playing music. That's all. And that's that's literally what my parents use it for as well. <laughs> I mean, I know that I, when I'm over at my folks' house, I would say maybe only every couple times do I hear them talking to it, and it's you know asking for the weather, trying to play some music, or it's it's still very simple things. Um, the the technology I think still has a way to go before we're we're at that like Jarvis stage, you know, where you can where you can actually have like a conversation with it, and where you can get some actual work done you know where where the artificial intelligence is more intelligent than artificial that would be really amazing i'm like waiting for those times but scary but pretty interesting as well yeah i mean that's going to be something that that needs to to be legislated because there's there's a lot of opportunity for that to to sort of you know spiral out of control and even even early in the early days of, of robots and, and artificial intelligence, um, people were already thinking about you know what are the potential uh, outcomes, potential repercussions of, of having these technologies and you know having them widespread, unregulated, and there's there's you know we, we see a movie like like Terminator and and at the time it seemed like when those movies came out like it was something that was just kind of a pipe dream, but but now, as, as technology improves, and it, it, it's, it almost seems a little bit more prescient. Mm-hmm. Those, those movies, I mean, seem prescient. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're talking about movies, let's step away from tech for a while. Um, is there any TV series or any movies that you watched recently? This is another area where you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Personally, I, I don't love video in general. I haven't had TV, um, like uh, a... Well, that's not true. I had this. This is kind of interesting. I had a cable box for a year, a year and a half, maybe even two years recently that I didn't even take out of the box just because Comcast offered me a deal on faster internet service that that was a package that came along with with the. In other words, it was it was cheaper for me to tack on cable than for me to just pay for faster internet because of this bundle they were offering. So so I got the the. the the box, the cable box, and I just left it in its packaging. Never took it out. Never. I I really don't. Uh, I don't watch much video at all. Every once in a while, I watch a movie. I watch a YouTube video here and there. But but once you stop using, once you stop having TV, and I I haven't had you know TV TV for a decade or more. I just it it video in general becomes less desirable. I'd much rather read the paper than than watch something. Um, I, not to say that there's anything wrong with that, of course, and I know plenty of people who watch a lot of stuff, but um, for me, I like to be a little bit more actively engaged, in, even if it's just reading, you know, with, with watching everything so passive, and with, with reading, you know, you're, you're at least, you know, you're, you're doing some work, it's not much work, but it's, you're a little <laughs> bit more engaged, and I do play uh, some video games sometimes, um, not not a ton. Basically, uh, it's they're just you know the the casual games that you play on your phone or whatever. But but for me, that's that's even a little bit more like entertaining and um, 
and uh, immersive and, and engaged than, than just watching TV. So when you, when you talk about books, you're reading physical books or ebooks? Uh, I mostly read uh, articles with, um, I don't know how many people will know this from, from your audience, but I have multiple sclerosis. And, and one, of the, um, one of the effects, it's a, it's a brain disease, and one of the effects is, is that it, uh, it, it, it disrupts and it degrades your cognition, your, your attention span, a lot of things that, that I used to kind of take for granted about my brain, you know, to have this sort of like intellectual curiosity. They're, they're, not, uh, they're not quite as, uh, as, as pointed as they once were. So for me, reading is just like a ton of news. You know, uh, I, I subscribe to two newspapers, uh, the online versions at least, and, you know, besides reading those uh, all the time, I'll, you know, read all the technology press. And, I mean, I, I honestly wonder how people, like, have the time to both keep up with current events in, in, you know, national and international news as well as current events in technology. And on top of that, also read books. To me, it just, it seems like too much. I wouldn't know, like, I, don't, I wouldn't know where to squeeze it all in. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Like, I think the last time I read a like a legit book will, would be years ago, and I still have like a ebook which is just eating dust in my drawer. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I could say that I was that I was more. I I don't feel like I'm not well read, but I definitely don't read literature or any any real deep dives into into topics. Um, and and that's you know, it's just part of for me. It, it's part of the the what's happening to my brain and and just trying to you know stay stay focused on it and find and find things that that i can do that still keep me intellectually engaged but but that you know i'll actually do and not you know i'd rather i'd rather read uh something than buy a book and not read it and and, mm-hmm. and waste money on it i agree so do you think like this um not reading books is more about the attention span in general like how people are having less attention span than they used to have like years ago because they have like numerous amounts of like entertainment like different form of entertainment not only like text they also have audio you know video as well and images whatever it is i think that's true i'd be interested i i don't know exactly uh how the book uh market in general is doing but i i I'd be surprised if, if people were, were reading as many books nowadays because of what you said. There's just so many, for your free time, you have so many options. Uh, when you think about just the options that you have on like a tablet, it's, there's so many things you could do on it. Um, sitting down and reading a book is often the, um, the, the, the kind of the, the least exciting of them. <laughs> and so it's like if you can play a video game, if you can go to Netflix and watch like any movie you want, any show you want, and, and you have more than Netflix, you have like HBO, and there's just so much to watch and, and to, to play. And then now we have like VR that's also uh, trying to capture our attention. I, I think it's really difficult to, to, to sit down and read an, an quote-unquote old-fashioned book. It's not a good thing. That's that's a quality that we're losing. And if if I were a parent, I would definitely limit my child's screen time because I think there's a lot of value in in forcing them at that age to uh, to read books and to develop the attention span to um, definitely because they would be needing it in school. <laughs> 
You got to read books in school? Yeah. And, well, that's another thing is that, I, you know, the, the, optimally, I think you want to you wanna stay in some sort of schooling as long as you can, even if it's just like, you know, if it's just classes that you take through your job, like on a job training to, to keep yourself like sharp and intellectually engaged. And um, the downside of working for yourself is that, you know, there's no one to offer me these classes or this kind of training. So um, having a, that's that's one of the real uh, pluses of, of working at one of these big companies is that there's constant opportunities to, you know, continually educate yourself. Okay, so since you were talking about games, like you play a little bit of games, so which, which ones do you play on your phone? Uh, so the game that I've been playing the most, like, as in like for years now, it's uh, an Angry Birds variant called Angry Birds Friends. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, I have. So it basically just takes Angry Birds and the 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 game that that most people are familiar with, with you know the the flinging of the different birds um, against uh, in, in different um, scenarios with buildings and trees and whatever and and the goal is to they call it popping the pigs because i guess little kids play and they don't want to you know call it killing them but <laughs> trying to kill the pigs and and this takes it and uh it makes it competitive so you're you're not just playing angry birds by yourself you're playing versus people around the world and um as you as you improve and uh and you know you're you get better at the game you you move up different levels and you start playing against um, increasingly talented players. And after doing this for you know, I guess I've been playing this game for like three or four years at least. Wow. You really you're really playing against some some people who are really into it, um, like hardcore into it, who play all the time. And it, it for me recently, I've been finding myself kind of dropping levels because if you start a level or if you start a tournament as they're called which is a collection of levels that that make up one of the competitions and and you don't do well at it you you lose you lose uh, some of your ranking so i find myself starting uh these tournaments and then getting distracted and they only last like two or three days they used to last a week but as they're trying to squeeze more money out of the game they've made the tournaments more and more frequent to the point where sometimes there's like a tournament every day when it used to be just like one a week. So wow. there's, they have them with such frequency that, you know, your life, uh, if your life is busy at some points, you can't, you can't really keep up. But um, yeah, it's, it's still a lot of fun. You know, it's at, at the end of the day, it's, it's the angry birds experience, but it's, it's even a little better because you have different, um, they call them power ups that that change the the ability of the birds that you're flinging or or something on the board and and make it um a little bit more uh, add some variables to the gameplay which i like oh, i see sounds pretty interesting so it's is it like um simultaneous play what, what do you call that real-time multiplayer like if you're competing with someone like you have to race against time or something like that no it's all based on um on the score that you get so you're competing for to for high scores they they did bring a component of it that is is nominally real time but it's really not um you're as far as i can tell this this one component of it which is which is another part of it's an optional part of the game you're you're competing against someone's recorded performance 
you know what i mean oh i see i see yeah it's just like a ghost in a racing game where you have like a transparent car there's so much lag and and since you have unlimited amount of time to do these levels like there's no there's no time limit there's there's really no way to put two people together and and have them compete at the same time because someone might take a minute to do a level someone might take a half hour cuz you know they stepped away from their their device for whatever reason so mm-hmm. there's there's really no way to do it in real time but they they figured out a way to uh to to do like pseudo real time i guess you could call it i see pretty interesting so apart from like mobile games do you play games on your pc laptop i think I used to play a lot more. Um, I still have like a shelf full of like some of these older, you know, Godfather. I have um, what was the other one? Fear. Remember that game? Oh, nice! <laughs> you got some good collection. Yeah, but again, like this, this was more stuff when I was like in my twenties and thirties. That was that was more interesting for me. And now I just I don't really follow it at all. Um, I the way that my computer set up now, in fact, I don't. I use the um, integrated graphics for my biggest monitor. So it's fine for like the, you know, displaying the static content that I need, but I don't think it would work well at all for, you know, these games that have like anti-aliasing and, you know, need like uh, a lot of um, graphics horsepower in terms of, you know, their, um, in, in terms of like the polygons and, and whatnot and the 3D, it, it's, not, uh, it's not designed for that. Yeah, that really won't run. unless if it was the intel's 10th generation uh, cpus which do have like pretty beefy integrated graphics but somehow yeah somehow they've managed to like totally mess up the naming scheme so now it's like totally unrecognizable very confusing um i do have so my my machine has one integrated and one discrete card so i do have a discrete graphics card but just because of the way the ports work i have that hooked up to my smaller monitor and the monitor that's in the center of my desk the one that you would naturally want to game on is is not uh is not optimized cuz it's not hooked up to that if i really wanted to i could probably figure out a way but i just i don't have a need so i i just take the easiest route and 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 use the the capabilities that i already have because i i presume the gpu would be having like two hdmi slots at least for like a dual monitor setup. Yeah, no, here's what I do is uh, I used to do it that way, but now I have I my each of my monitors is hooked up to a different GPU. And so I actually do run into some problems sometimes if I'm if I'm moving something from one screen to another, it, there it can be problematic if there's, you know, if it's like graphics intensive, but it really like I said since I I'm not watching a lot of video, I'm not playing a lot of games, it's it's really not uh such a big deal uh in in practice but it yeah you're right if i if i was really doing this seriously i would i would have uh, a a better graphics card that could push both of these monitors out of uh out of you know ports on the same card as you know we met uh as uh, uh on twitter as you know you you followed me uh years ago it's been it's literally yes. you probably have been five years since and you've really been one of my most engaged and um and one of my most polite and respectful followers and so when you asked me to do this i was more than happy to because you know especially as you know you've seen recently on my my account there's plenty of you well you've seen it for over all the years there's yeah people that just that that have 
that don't really respect that you're you're bringing them uh, a free service you're not asking for money for it and and all you want is kind of to be treated you know nicely but mm -hmm. but people don't always uh, see it like that you know the first thing that you say that they disagree with they'll they'll jump down your throat and that was part of the reason that I took my account private was um, I, I just couldn't I couldn't deal with that anymore I wasn't enjoying Twitter the way that you should enjoy it if you have a lot of followers you know I wasn't mm -hmm. I wasn't looking forward to like going and reading all my mentions and it was just it was becoming like uh, a, a job and mm -hmm. shouldn't it shouldn't have been that way so so now uh, I, I'm really happy to have a lot more control over um, over you know who sees my content who doesn't um, and certainly you know especially when when politics come into play people don't people will say they will speak their mind and and they'll they'll be rude about it if they if that's their want and and they won't care about getting blocked or banned because in the moment you know all that's important to them is getting their point of view across and and telling you how stupid your point of view is and uh, mm -hmm. but I think that that by taking it private that really only the most um, the most passionate we'll call them people are are gonna go that route and I think for other people it probably makes them think twice about you know if, if I enjoy this guy's leaks if I enjoy his content I'm not gonna just you know lash out at him over you know rather like petty and uh, and immaterial things yeah people tend to forget that it's not a right it's more like a privilege and they don't respect that yeah I, I mean if I agree with you and I, I you know and I think that's true for for following anyone but it doesn't feel like a privilege because of the fact that even if you get blocked on Twitter you can just go if someone's account is public you just go to a different browser where you're not signed in their content anyway so it's like there's very little or you could start up another account and and then go and follow them and and, and read all their stuff that way so there's very there's very little disincentive uh, to to behaving nicely on Twitter, and and I think that if if Twitter provided if Twitter wasn't so um, if it if it didn't if it was if the if the lifeblood of Twitter wasn't these public tweets by you know verified and and high profile politicians and and entertainers and and what have you. Uh, and if they if they spent a little bit more time on on encouraging and building tools to make the privacy and the ability to protect certain content a little more granular, I think that it would have an overall positive effect, and I, I think people would enjoy it more, even though Twitter itself would get less value out of it because they wouldn't have as much public content. Mm -hmm. But Facebook, I mean, isn't that what happened to Facebook? They've, they've learned to live without having uh, most of their accounts uh, publishing public content. They just, they pivoted. Yeah, and you know what, I, I contemplate deleting my Facebook account every day, but then the amount of friends I have there, like, I'm not talking about the amount, but some friends I have on Facebook which are like, will be erased from my life <laughs> if I delete my Facebook account. But then I... But but in retrospect, I think like, do they even matter? Like, if I haven't had an, any any sort of interaction with them in the last like, say X amount of years, do they even matter? But then it's it's like a constant back and forth between these two thoughts. No, I I see that and I feel the same way. And 
I checked my account. I I don't have a ton of friends on Facebook, so it was easy for me to, to do a manual count of, of how many people um, are. They they still their account is still there nominally, I guess, because it's hard to actually like delete delete a Facebook account. But you know, when mm-hmm. once you're when you when you sunset it or when you uh, suspend it, they 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 take your picture off. So it was easy to count how many how many people had had suspended their accounts, and it was like six percent of my friends. And it's it's no like you know for for a company the size of Facebook that's like millions and millions of users. If if that if that translates into or if that's you know indicative of how everyone else is uh, is treating it as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but for me that. There are certain people that you know. Messenger is the only way I I would have contact with them. You know, we don't we don't email. We don't you know this or that. So uh, I keep it around mostly for Messenger at this point. I don't even really you know I don't post that much at all at all, and I don't read people's <laughs> posts. But I do like being able to. Add, I am with uh, a good portion of my friends and family. Yeah, I hardly check Facebook. The only thing I check it for is like maybe birthday notifications. By like randomly, I just <laughs> see it on my homepage, and then it's all memes. Like for some reason, everybody posts memes there. So yeah, Facebook is just a playground for memes now. <laughs> I I really wish, I really wish Twitter would uh, would give us more tools for. I mean, with with the the with the protecting your tweets tool, it's really just like on or off, like. You can't protect particular tweets. You can't mm-hmm. choose like certain groups to see uh, this tweet and certain groups not to. Like, I would love to be able to interact with the people of my choosing on Twitter by by opening up. If, like, if I me- if I at mention someone from my from my private account, that tweet should be visible to whoever's at mentioned in it. And again, because Twitter is so much more real time than Facebook, you know, I, I can see why they they're reticent to do that. But mm-hmm. it's still, I think that's one of the main reasons why there's also so much toxicity on Twitter. And there's, you know, it, it's Twitter has like they do have like a lot of features to like block people and you know mm-hmm. mute people and whatever it is. But until you can like totally just like you know create your own little bubble and your own little environment that you feel safe in uh it's it doesn't have the uh and 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 to have granular controls within that environment it doesn't it doesn't have the same efficacy i think as what facebook's achieved with their uh controls and since like you have um made your profile private on twitter how has the um, interaction been so far in the sense like say you tweet something about the leaks and how it gets propagated I find that that the propagation part of it where it goes I mean there's two things I guess when you're when you're talking about that like certainly there it's not being spread around Twitter itself as much like when I leak something you know it's you, people have to really go out of their way if they want to retweet it you know, they have to either mm-hmm. download the, the image or the information and re-upload it, or they have to screenshot. It's just that extra step that, that most people don't want to do. But in terms of being propagated on news sites, I think it's, it's had no effect at all. You know, if, if something is newsworthy, it, it was, if it was newsworthy before I, uh, I took my account private, it's probably newsworthy after it. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, I think, journalists still still say stay subscribed and, and still stay um, 
following me because they, they need to catch certain things. And even if not everyone does, you know, once one site has it up, people from another site see it in their feed readers. And it, I, I think the propagation maybe happens a little slower, but it still probably reaches the same amount of people. And I think the same goes for the fact that you stopped putting your watermarks on leaks. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, that was a combination of, uh, I just didn't feel like I needed to do it anymore. And because I wasn't so concerned with, and, and as I've, as I've been, you know, doing this for a while and, and sort of, it's been evolving. I, I don't feel that like that, that need to have the credit to like make sure that like mm -hmm. everyone gives me a link and like everyone name checks me like i just feel like you know i've had enough like uh uh publicity at this point that you know the each each incremental and, e and each new uh e leak and and you know it's it's just not as important for me and and so and part of that is is the watermarking and and by taking the watermarks off, I think I make it a lot more appealing to people. No one likes to see watermarks on there, on, on pictures that, uh, of stuff that they want or that they're interested in. And, and it makes it more appealing for, for websites, too. Like, if I have the same, if I have a picture of the same device as, as someone else who's watermarking it, the, you know, mine is the one that's going to get picked. Uh, and I think now you're even starting to see... Uh, new leakers like start out without using watermarks like this this young um, Indian uh, gentleman um, Ishan right is his name yes yes Ishan and uh, mm -hmm. and it's probably to in the in the long run it's to his advantage because uh, if other people have the same stuff as he does there you know it's it's his material that will get picked yeah but since he's comparatively he's in a nascent stage. I did notice him like fighting for credit because like I mentioned before the toxic YouTubers in India, uh, one of them used uh, Ishan's leak and didn't credit him and that's how it went down. Like he used the leaks like repetitively in multiple videos and didn't credit him. And there's that. <laughs> I think he's Ishan's perfectly within his right then to call that person out. But you know, that's that's like something that I that I shy away from now, but like you said, he's in a, a nascent stage. He's he's you know a teenager. I'm like an old man, so <laughs> we have different things that we're looking for out of this and different values and and you know no one should begrudge him for for trying to get his his credit uh, you know for when he he does work. So I, I can like move on to saying like that. Where can people find you on the internet? So the best place to find me, I think, at this point, really the you know, I don't I don't publicize my email anymore. I don't uh, I don't have a, a, a public Facebook account. So, and I don't have a public Twitter account either. Uh, anyone's free to DM me on Twitter to direct message me, and, and I, if it's polite, I always respond. Even if it's just someone who's asking to follow me, and I have to say no, I, I'll respond like, no, I'm sorry, I don't I don't accept new followers anymore for the most part. Um, and I'm not doing that to be rude or trying to be exclusive. It's just I don't, I don't want. Even though people hear me because of leaks, I don't want people following me because of leaks. And I don't want to have an account that's full of just people who care about the leaks. So by mm -hmm. by taking a number of different steps, which were privatizing the account, 
not accepting new followers and and really making leaks a much smaller part and um, have decreasing their their um, their importance and their role within the account and I think you can see this you know I, I talk mm -hmm. now much more about other stuff than I do about phones and leaks and and I try to kind of you know I try to make it a good mix but still I think anyone who's who's watched me over the last few years can see that my interests are, are moving in one direction and away from certain other directions and I just don't want to end up with uh, with 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 people who don't care about the person at all who just care about the leaks because the leaks won't be there forever yeah we all care about you Evan don't worry <laughs> I, I really appreciate you uh, you and, and I was flattered that you wanted to have me on your show and uh, I enjoyed doing this a lot so thanks for like joining it was really great having a chat with you you too all right, folks, that's all for this episode. If you liked it, do share it, like, share, subscribe, do your thing. If you have any questions or just some constructive criticism, do reach out to me on Twitter, which is at ShimonIPS. That is S-H-I-M-O-N-I-P-S. Just tweet at me and I'll get back to you ASAP. And also, you can just send me voice notes on Anchor. So be it your PC, tablet, or even smartphone, you can just send me a voice message and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. All right, I'll see you in the next one.